from a two-week absence. This is Rob with episode number 257 of Shut Up and Grind, where we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and clearing the path of whatever is blocking your journey to success. So today we're going to be talking about healing. We're going to be talking about dealing with grief, but also staying in your passion and maintaining a positive mindset. Because no matter what you go through in life, there's always some golden nuggets left behind, even in the worst of tra tragedies. There are, are moments that you can pluck out of there that you can use to become an inspiration for others. So it just dawned on me now that this is ma mainly seen in an audio platform. But when I show my merchandise, I forget that people on the audio can't see it. All right. So <laughs> we got the shut up and grind gear, especially for those of us up here in cold weather land. So I have a white one with black and red lettering and they're very, very comfortable fit. So, and then I had a black one that said, it never gets easier, you get stronger. See, and that goes right through with the premise of what this show, show is about, because life's gonna knock you down. Like I was just, just tell, telling my guests that I had quite the day today. Really wasn't a bad day, it was just busy, just a busy, busy, busy day. And I had contemplated postponing th this episode, but then I'd be a big hypocrite, because I'm always telling you guys, you gotta show up. You make a commitment, you gotta show up. So I got to practice what I preach, and here I am, and here we are. So having me, helping me with the conversation today is Deslin Hakias. Welcome. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Joining me from Hawaii when it's 25 degrees up here today. Rude. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's about a, a, a good ease over here. Uh, all right, show's over. I'm done. <laughs> 80 in sunshine oh that would be great yesterday i woke up i got blindsided by a snowstorm my, my bedroom's in the basement so like there's there's no lights down i mean there's no windows down here so i get up in the four o'clock hour every day so it's dark dark <laughs> I, I didn't notice the snow till i opened the door to leave no. and i was like oh no we're not leaving. <laughs> so I, te I text my gym clients i'm gonna be a little late because <laughs> I, like, I did not budget shoveling <laughs> right <into> my time <laughs> so oh. but you make lemonade with the lemon right what else can you or do? margarita Oh my God, I like it. I like it. We're going to get along just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so are you uh, originally from Hawaii? Yes, I'm born and raised on this island. This is the island of Kauai. It's one of the oldest islands. Mm. And I'm assuming you love it there. Yes, I do. Um, I Well, I'm fortunate that I was raised on this island, but I also lived on two other Hawaiian islands and also in Japan. Okay, so what made that island better than the others? It's not as crowded, and you can actually go to the beaches, and you're you can be by yourself with a few people. Certain, and it's the yellow sand beaches. Um, not all the islands have yellow sand beaches. Some of them have like black, um, black sand beaches, and certain places you go, um, if there's a lot of tourists, uh, they they populate certain areas. You can't have like alone time, so. Mm. Yeah, um, I was raised in a very rural environment here. I'm in Rhode Island. Okay. Whenever I have to go to the big cities, I'm like a fish out of water. I'm like, this is, I this is yeah, not my scene. It's like, like it's cool, but it's like it's, it's it doesn't become cool after a certain amount of time. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, what was it like growing up there? Um, simple. Uh, the things that we do here is like going to the beach, uh, going to the park. Um, um, my cousins, um, and my, my brother guys, like they do like a lot of outdoor sports. And so we'd be like at a surf contest or mm -hmm. we'd be watching someone play football, um, like popcorn football or baseball. Uh, it's just real simple. Like nothing. Um, my family, we used to go camping at least once a year. And when I say family, uh, you're looking at over 50 people. On average, wow. yeah, like a That's village. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's a it's real simple. Nothing like major over here. It's real low key, but I think uh, that's what makes it special. It's not about things. It's about building memories. Simple, low key, and eighty degrees. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hot last night. I was like cracking up. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna tell my friends I'm hot. <laughs> Oh man! So, how, how many siblings do you have? 
I have three. I have an older brother, older sister, a younger sister. Um, my younger sister passed away um, when she was 23 in 2001. Wow. Okay. You want to get deeper into that? Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, my younger sister was in a vehicle accident. Mm. And um, on it was literally September 22nd, 11 days after that event, September 11th event okay. that occurred in the U.S., and so I was grieving already what happened, right, yes. to all those people. And my sister died 11 days later um, in a vehicle accident. And um, she died on the way to the hospital. So there was, like, no goodbyes. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was hard for us because it was, it was unexpected. You know what I mean? I spoke to her uh, that afternoon. And before midnight, my sister died. And wow. it was it was a... A short conversation and you often look back and you're like did i say enough did i you know what i mean and mm -hmm. so yeah so that's why my sister died so i was 26 when she died and that changed my whole perspective because i think a lot of times people can have dreams and goals and ambition and then when you lose someone and it's unexpected uh, it's a little it's trauma and it's a little bit harder than um, like when my grandparents passed away, I had time to say goodbye because they were declining, right? Yes. Um, when you lose someone suddenly, um, there's there's no opportunity to say goodbye. I think that's more painful. Absolutely. Like my father passed in 2019. And, you know, first thing people always say is like, oh, oh I'm sorry. And, and I was like, you know, I've accepted the fact that we're all going to die at some point. <laughs> you know? yes. so, so it's like when, you're, when your time comes is when your time comes. Like there's no... Right. There's no too young. There's no. There's no too too whatever. It's like wh whenever your number is called, that's when you're going. And so when my dad was sick, you know, same same things like you said. I said there were people who have either never met their father, or their father was just not involved in their life, and just going through all the the negative connotations. Where I was like, mm -hmm. I had I had this man for forty five years. Yeah, and, and he had a really good ending. And like there were three generations around him when Aww. when he when he took his last breath, you know. So it's like I look at that like that was a, like that's how I want to go. Like we all got got to hug him, say goodbye. Like he was he was sedated, but he was able to acknowledge us. You know, yes. he could shake his head yes, he could shake his head no. My my mom sang a song to him, you know. Aww. And so it's like that was a beautiful beautiful ending. And then one of my gym clients. Her father just suddenly passed at 62 years old, just sudden. And she wow. said, what, she said what you said, you know, didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. Like no, no time to process or accept that it's coming. Cause mm -hmm. like, like we knew, we knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. Yes. So yeah. So you're right. Yeah. Definitely different. So it, it was, so unfortunately um, I had two people die from vehicle accidents. It was my sister and my dad. Oh. And so one died in 2001 and one died in 2012. Uh, when my, my, so my sister was like the sucker punch, you know what I mean? And it took me years. Um, I ended up, I was living in Japan. Well, I lived on a while when she died. Then I moved out of country, came yeah. back and, uh, reality doesn't kick into, you have to like be close to them. So I live in the house that she used to live in with my, my parents. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, eight years later, then I'm finally realizing kid, this, this really happened. Like it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a bad dream. Yeah. And still, I didn't want to accept it though. Cause you know, I'm like, I'm <laughs> talking about it. You know, like I just wanted to make believe it didn't cause it yes. took her. And then, so when dad died um, unexpectedly, my dad died in 2012. He was also in a vehicle related accident. Then, then I have to deal, really deal with it because it, it felt like, what is the chances two people die? in your family, you know? And so I, I, I could, I got depressed and I had to, um, and I was dealing with PTSD. I had to go to grief support to start processing that pain because I think sometimes things happen to us and we stuff our feelings and we, we kind of like compartmentalize like, okay, we'll put this here and then we'll deal with it later. Mm -hmm. But then when you're faced with something tragic again, um, you, your brain can only handle so much reality and pain that it's important to get help. And so when I was trying to process my dad, I ended up processing my sister. Uh, and and then I had to realize that it's okay to carry on their legacy by living your life to the fullest.
but I didn't always feel that way. And when my grandparents died, um, they were both 82. Papa went first and then grandma. Um, the, the message my grandmother told me um, in 2019 is you have to do what makes you happy because in the end, you can't blame no one. Yes. And so sometimes we hold ourselves back because we don't want to be judged by our family or friends because we're so different. Yeah. But grandma was like, no, you, you have to do what makes you happy. And so that's how I strive to live my life now is you see me dancing and singing on top of TikTok and Instagram because <laughs> uh, it makes me happy. And that's what kept me um, going because I'm a domestic violence survivor of 19, 19 years growing up and six years as an adult. Um, I was very loved, but when you're around someone who struggles with addiction, drug addictions, and alcoholism, it will it will mess you over the trauma. Yes. And so, right. so, yeah. so hold on. So before we, we go down that path, you said something that was very, very, very powerful that I think a lot of people struggle with, especially in dealing with loss. You said, "Did I say enough?" You know, and yes. I just I just want to correlate that. To wait, well, you said acceptance because I actually created a program where I help people deal with deal with trauma, and the first section is to just accept what happened. It's like because it because it, it doesn't matter if you accept it or not; you can't change it. Yes, and, that, and that's huge. You can't rewind it. You can't rewind yes. it. Yes. So yeah. by holding on to it, you're just gonna make things twice as bad for yourself. Yes. And I, I, I know I've said this on a couple episodes, like when dad passed, like when my brothers was just like, no, no, like this, like this didn't happen. Like he's not gone. He's not, I'm like, yes. he's gone. Like we just have to accept the fact that he is gone. And now we have to pick up the pieces in his honor, right? We don't pick up the pieces based on our own pain. Cause that's yes. where, cause that's where the addictions and, you know, all the other distractions that we use to keep us from processing what happened. You know, it's like, you've got, all right, this happened. How would he want me to proceed? He doesn't want to see me. And I'm not saying people can't grieve, you know, feel, feel what you feel. But then yes. but there has to come a point where it's like, he doesn't want to see me like this, or she doesn't want to see me like this. Like he wants to see me up living my life, having fun. Like you said, dancing on TikToks, you know, I'm sure your dad looking down, being like, yeah, that's my girl. You know, it, like when you step into that mindset, <laughs> it makes it easier to accept. Yeah, no, the, well, okay. So what happened was I thought I could handle after my sister died. So I have an older sister. So my brother and my sister kind of like um, my second mom and dad, you know what I mean? And so when I was pregnant, my sister was, my older sister was like, uh, you need to go see a therapist because when you have a child, whatever you've never dealt with is going to come up. I'm like, hey, you're okay. So She's like, oh, seriously. And so I, I still hadn't like officially processed my sister. Like my fate was in God, but it was still there. So when I went, cause she, she explained to me what she learned about herself. Right, my sister Jody, her name is Jody. And when I went, I got diagnosed with um, post traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. And so when I started talking about the first 19 years of my life, which I hadn't talked about like professionally, I literally, because you know, you that book, The Body Keeps Score. Yes. So your body remembers. Mm -hmm. And so when I was trying to tell stories of memories, because I don't have a good memory of my life. Um, I can only remember um, bad ones, which sucks. Cause I'm like, no, I know there's good. My papa was there, my grandma was there, you know. Um, but it's trauma. Um, so I had to do EDMR. I had to do specialized type of um, uh, therapy because my body would like literally like shudder, and I, I would just excessively cry. Like right now, I'm doing decent. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I have to get excessive help. So when someone dies the grief will trigger and i've interviewed people on this on my podcast whatever you never dealt with when someone dies or when you go through something tragic it'll bring up stuff you, you're not even aware of and so it's important to to find a coach for mindset or to find a therapist or a doctor because there's things that you've covered up so well that it's gonna pop up and so i think with my sister um it was a hidden blessing if it wasn't for her, I would never gone to therapy because I didn't grow up going, like my family. Nobody went to a therapist. Like, what the heck is that? My older <laughs> sister did. And that's what normalized it for me. 
Yeah, like talking about it is is everything. Like the the name of, let me show you the name of my program is speak about yourself out loud. You know, because people want want to keep things in, but when you yes. keep it in, just like like you said, you know, you have that full glass, you get that one more drop of water, yeah. and then whoosh, right, everything <laughs> overflows. But like, it, I tell people, if you just own your truth, kind of like yeah. how I said, said when people pass, pass. If you just own your truth. It, 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 I don't want to say it can't hurt you because like, you know, with depression and pain, those are things that you manage. Th those aren't things that just go away. You know, like there yeah. are days where I sit here and I wish I could hear my father's voice again. I have those days. I hear certain songs that he used to jam out to when I was a kid and you hear the song, you know, your eyes start filling up and stuff. Sure, yeah. So it's like, yeah. So like, just because we can talk about it, we can th throw some humor in there. I mean, there are still moments where it's like, wow, it, it sucks that I just can't talk to him right now, you know? Yes. And those, those are things that have to be, be managed. But when you start telling your story and then other people will have similar stories that can relate to yours. So it's like, okay, I'm not alone in feeling this. And like, as humans, we need exactly. that sense of community. Yeah. And you know, during the pandemic, the people who helped me the most with grief was actually like through Instagram. Mm. <laughs> because like your family and your friends, maybe they don't value like what you said speak up right they're not ready to speak up about their yeah. truth <laughs> they're like mm. heck no be that behind <laughs> you know <laughs> and so i think it's important to realize that there's genuine people um on other platforms you can look them up on hashtags grief and loss um or whatever ptsd or whatnot and you'll find people who have empathy and compassion that people in in like real life can't because they're they're not ready to process their pain and they just don't want to talk about grief they don't want to talk about mental illness or and and it's okay everybody has boundaries you know but yeah it was it's true instagram that i i could normalize talking about mental illness and grief yeah and to that to that line too Talking with your family and friends sometimes is not the best idea because people are going to tell you what you want to hear. And just yeah. like I tell I tell my gym clients, like, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, because in right. order for, for you to have a breakthrough, you need you need the truth. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, like, it's like you need the truth. And so a lot of times when you confide in someone who's close to you, like they don't want to hurt your feelings, but you're not right. realizing that. That you're in, in doing that, yeah, in doing that, you're gonna keep that person feeling that pain over and over again. Right. You know, it's not good. No, and it's not, and you know what, honestly, whether it's work, church, school, home, not everybody's trained to hold space for you. Not everybody is safe to confide True. into. And so I think um being very wise in who you confide in because some people traumatize you like you're in your mind you're like i'm gonna be open i've been holding this in for 20 years and you tell the wrong person and then they just look at you and like, what's the deal you know that that'll make you feel like an idiot you know but <laughs> that's why it's important to to pick and choose you know my family i love them but i'm deep like i'm funny but mm -hmm. i can go deep and and i have to respect them and know that they love me but like you said our family and our friends are going to only love us with within range of what they can <laughs> you know yes. something's just overwhelming for them and that's fine yes yeah let, let me just tell a quick quick story so one of my gym clients she comes in and you know we had a scheduled pt session and i could tell she was visibly shaken and she's like Aww. can i talk to you I was like, yeah, yeah, come on in. Because, like, I tell them, I was like, said, said, just so you guys know, said, I'm also a life coach. Said, so if you guys ever just need to talk, let me know and we can talk. And so she and her daughter were in a car accident. And I guess, I guess the daughter, the daughter's ankle got messed up pretty bad. And she's like, the doctors are saying that she's, she's not going to walk again. And I, and I looked her right in her eyes. I said, okay, don't accept that. And like she just kind of looked up, like, huh? I said, yeah. I said, doctors told me I was never gonna run, run or jump again. And I wow. told them, and I told them, you do the surgery, I'll worry about the healing. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know. And I just did my hundred and seventieth race since that since that diagnosis. 
You know, like, and, and I tell people, it's like, I don't, I don't tell people that in a bragging fashion saying somebody else, I don't care how educated they are. They can't put that type of label on you. Yeah. Like they, they just can't, unless your foot is gone, <laughs> even still there's prosthetic still, there's contractions. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> so, so like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I told her, I said, if you fill her head, which she, she's not going to walk again, she's going to believe it. And that she's not going to walk again. Like I had a woman come in today for a consultation saying, cause she had surgery years ago and that she only has range of motion like this. And I uh -huh. said, well, how often do you work on your range of motion? <laughs> and she's like, well, uh, I said, yeah, if, if you don't work on it, you're not going to get it. And so right. by the end of that session, cause I did some direct work on it, she got it. 50% further than when she first came in. I said, see, so Which if we work progress. on this for, for a few months, right? If you work on this for a few months, you're going to get that full range back. I'm like, you guys going to stop letting other people decide what you're capable of. No, totally. And and I think also is progress is progress. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people just want like this total 180. It's yeah, like, you exactly. know what? I'll take a 1%. I'll take a 2%. You know what I mean? Like when you're when you're working on yourself, like I don't need you to see my result. I don't need you to see my progress. I know where where I'm at, and I, I I know when. And I think if you can like validate and be your own cheerleader, it, it's key. You know what I mean? Um, I my mom didn't tell me I had minor scoliosis. It, I found out when I was 19, and I, I went to a chiropractor. Like, did you know you have minor scoliosis? I'm like, I do. So when I told my mom, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm like, so I was the daughter who's been dancing my whole life. I was a cheerleader for three years, track and field athlete. I did a high jump and I did like 100 and the relays. Oh, you speak in no, my language. Those no are my I, yeah, <laughs> no idea. I had minor scoliosis, but wow. I'm grateful she didn't because like you said, it's it's really mind over matter. Because mm -hmm. if she told me, oh, Desi, you have this, I, then I'd probably baby myself, right? But mm -hmm. I had no clue. So I just, I just focused and I just practice and focus and practice. And, you know, it's, it's yep. good. It's good sometimes too. <laughs> My saying is you're only good at what you practice. That's, that's what it boils down to. Like, if you don't practice on flexibility, you're not going to be flexible. If you don't practice running, you're not going to be a good runner. If you don't practice speaking, you're not going to be a good speaker, so on and so forth. You know, so, and I was talking with someone yesterday too, and I said, education, just so you know, is very sub subjective. I said, yes. I said, someone with a PhD is educated in that subject. Right. <laughs> so I said, just think about that. Think about how many subjects are out there. <laughs> there's tons right like if you ask me to speak about fitness about overcoming obstacles about resilience i can talk all day long you right. ask me to talk about neuroscience forget it <laughs> right <laughs> I'd, I'd be the dumbest speaker in the world at that point because i know nothing about that subject <laughs> you know so it's like people people like when people step back and just realize like we we have a lane like i, I was called to this lane but i'm not gonna ask i'm not gonna act like i'm better or smarter than someone that's not skilled in this lane. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I think people underestimate that we have a degree in living life. Yes. Like you don't have to have a diploma or a degree to live every day mm -hmm. to the fullest. And the people who had the greatest influence on me outside of my parents was my grandparents. I, I just found out my grandfather never went past eighth grade. Wow. And um, he had seven children, 24 grandchildren, and like 40 plus great grandchildren. <laughs> and I can tell you, he's the most amazing gentleman that I've ever met in my life. Like, like I love him, mm. but he wasn't like he served our country in two, um, two um, branches, but um, he didn't worry about people's judgment on him but he just loved and he led by example and how he loved my grandmother till the day he couldn't walk like he served my grandma her food and he had cancer and i was like papa what are you doing grandma you should be like serving papa because he wow. could barely walk but he his love for her was so deep and we could see it and i can see why the men in our family they had an example of, of what a man is to love a woman 
And so I, I don't think people realize that it has nothing to do with going to school, like a, a like a actual building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has everything to do with your heart and you're willing to to learn and to persevere. I'd rather um, be face to face with someone who has gone through so much in life and they're still here. There's someone who's educated that has never experienced those types of life experiences I've had. Yes. Yeah. Like when I tell people I'm a life coach, one of the first things they say is, oh, who, who certified you? <laughs> right? I say me. I certified me. I've been alive for 48 years. <laughs> I've been through Let's stuff. Do the resume check. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, I've been through stuff. Like I am a self-taught life coach. Like if you need help getting through some nonsense, I've been through a whole lot of nonsense. <laughs> Well, no, so I was, so I'm still learning a lot about this whole coaching thing. Yeah. And so I was in church and for leadership for like 10 years, never got paid. But then now I look at all these people getting paid as a speaker and as a coach. I'm like, first of all, I spoke in church for 10 years. Second of all, I was in multiple uh, ministries leading while working full time and sometimes going to college. I did not get paid one lick. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you get paid for that kind of stuff. So now I'm like, how do you charge for this kind of stuff? Because that's all I did. Yeah. You know, and I didn't get paid. And so people just need to to understand that. Don't underestimate what you've been through as being something that can help the next one. Yeah. You what's just need to say right there. What's yeah, right there? Yeah, you're too paralyzing your story. Paralyzing your story. Tell, and tell don't people. be shame about your story. Like, be yes. bold. Be like, yes. you know what? I, yeah, talk like, about the messy parts. Yeah, like I, I, I'm in the book, The Power to Rise Above. And my yep. girlfriend, she was bullied in, in great, I think it was grade school or middle school. And then she became an adult and seen it in the workplace. And she got upset. And she's like, you know what? My dream is to write a book. Well, she she, she did it last. Well, last year she found all the authors. I'm one of 30. Uh, and then this year it officially dropped in September in Australia. So I'm a first time author, international author. Love it. But, but because I have PTSD, guys, I swear I like pulled it out like, three times like two three times like okay i don't know if i want to be in this book uh, i don't know if i want to be in this book you know just because it was talking about domestic violence and i had never officially put it in a book yeah but i did it because like you said true power lies in your story i felt that on the other side of your fear is love and if you can prevent one person from being in a relationship that would end their lives or someone feeling so ashamed of their story that they would end their life by suicide, then it's worth it, you know? And so I'm a domestic violence survivor and I also attempted to end my life as a teenager. And so I realized that it is by grace, by God's grace, I'm here. And so that's why I try to show people as much love and aloha because it's a by grace I'm here. You know what I mean? Yes. And you know, you hit you hit the nail on the head there is that people want to tell the story, but they're afraid to, you know, they're afraid to. And the biggest thing, thing is judgment. And I tell people, it's like, once you learn two things in life, two things, everything will, will change for you. The one thing is the word no. Right? Yes, like, right? I, I agree. I agree. Right? <laughs> all like, day, all day, no. Stop doing things you don't want to do. Because I stopped that years ago. You know, if, if like my mom could come and hey son, we're doing blah blah blah. Sorry, I got plans. But, <laughs> yeah, but I I have plans. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get you on the next one. You know, and but but I've been doing it for so long now. People don't push back on it. So yeah. It's like so like I I set the boundary. Yeah. You know, like we had a fa- family reunion in June down in Florida, and I didn't want to go. You know, so and people are te- texting me. I'm like, I'm not going. Like, I'm not. I'm not booking a flight. I'm not finding coverage for my classes in the gym. I'm not paying for the lodging, getting a rental car to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> it's like plain and simple. <laughs> but you know what? The, the the okay. One, you don't want to be judged, and two, people can't take no. Yeah. Yep. And 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 the funny thing is, no is actually a sentence. <laughs> Like, I don't even have to explain it. Like, if you have a problem 
with my my willingness to not go, then that's even more so why. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't respect me. Exactly. It's exactly. my life. You don't yep. have to like it. <laughs> Bingo. It. Bingo. It's like once you stop caring about what people say, because I speak my truth, I speak my truth unapologetically. Doesn't matter if it's about politics, if whether it's about overcoming stuff, whether it's about sports. It's like my truth is my truth. I don't do the group think thing. Like I think for myself, you know. And and if 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 anything that I says aligns with a certain group, it's by accident because I, I don't do the group thing. Like right. like I said, I see the world through my my lens and I formulate my own opinions. <laughs> you know. And so if people don't like my opinion, don't listen to it. It's that simple. No, it's true. I mean, just. And you know, the thing is too, when you put yourself out there, like on, on a platform, people are going to disagree with you, but it is not your job to convince them to like you, to agree with you, to believe in you and whatnot. It's not. And yeah. that's freedom. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 it's funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. I spent, I spent, you know, a couple thousand dollars learning how to get booked in the media and getting booked on podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And I have all these these templates, all these long drawn out templates. This week alone, mind you, this is Tuesday. (laughs) I switched it because I'm like, this is not how I talk. Like, this is not me. You know, it's just not. Right. Right. So I pitched someone that's got an international podcast. You know, they're looking for for people to talk about storytelling. I said... (laughs) I got what you want. I'm a great speaker. Do you want to talk? That, that, <laughs> was, my, that was my pitch. And I got booked. Nice. <laughs> no, and I, I got I, booked to write, to I love write three it. articles. I love it. No, because <laughs> you and I, obviously, we, we realize our uniqueness. Yes. Why are we going to try go into a, a space of people who doesn't resonate with us? It's kind of insane. Yes. It's insanity mm-hmm. because I'm how old at this point I should know myself. And if you looking at me before I even open my mouth, if you don't energetically vibe with me, that I'm not going to try to prove myself to get you to open the door for me. Because yes. I've already loved and accepted myself and I, I accept everyone. But if you're going to block me and think you're going to take me down, no, you're just not the one. There's like a bazillion people in the world you just don't vibe with me and that's okay yeah like when people come to me you know with their excuse (laughs) me with their struggles with their challenges one of the first excuse me one of the first questions i say is what are you gonna do about it (laughs) right what are you gonna do about it take take ownership it's like what are you gonna do about it you know if if someone's someone's like hurting you okay how how are you gonna fix it right how are you gonna change it like it's it, it's that it really is that easy people say oh it's not that easy it really is i just woke up one day and decided i'm not taking people shit anymore <laughs> right it's like, i just i just made a decision on the spot that i'm gonna safeguard my time i'm gonna i'm gonna set firm boundaries and you know if the, when things happen to me i work my tail off to to fix it you know, if something happens, you got to get to the solution. Like, and this is just for me. I know some some people process differently. But yes. for me, I want to get to the solution as quickly as possible. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like watching watching my, my, my dad die, you know, and right there in that moment, I just had to step into that gratitude and be like, you know yeah. what? He had a good ending. He was a great father, had him 45 years. You know, you like, you couldn't have asked for, for a better yeah, end of yeah, life yeah. than that right there, you know? So- so stepping into that, and now it's not just about me and how I feel. It's about something bigger. Yes. And so when we can make things bigger, but for the greater good, most people make them bigger in a negative self, self-defeating way. Yeah. You know, so if I, when I can step into those lessons and watching him take his last breath, now you're an inspiration. It's like, wow, like that's, that, that's courageous, you know that you were able to, to get up and do that. So now someone going through loss, I can project that positivity onto them, you know, mm-hmm. versus just talking about the sadness. Like you don't, you don't move anybody with that. Yeah. I, I it took, took years for me, but I have to go. I'm so grateful. I had 23 years of my little sister. Yes. She's the most loving, inspirational person that I know. She should have been on a deaf comedy jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like the most funniest female that I've ever met in my life. And I'm not just saying because she missed it. She would tell jokes and laugh before the end. I'd be like, guy, obviously it's funny, but we don't even know what's funny because you're already laughing at the ending. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I had to change my perspective. And it didn't come like within the first five years. It took a long time. But I had to go. I'm really grateful that I was blessed to have known this woman and that I get to carry on her legacy. Yeah. Yeah. One of my uh, one of my nieces lost her two year old back in 2021. And when I tell you, she gave the most amazing eulogy that I've ever heard, you know, for, for someone who just lost her kid like a week ago, you know, a week ago to just stand up there as a mom and she just read this speech where all like all the moms in the group were like i don't think i could do that I'm like as a dad i couldn't do that <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm like that it was just it was just amazing Aww. just how just how quickly she she was able to just be like this is happening for a reason this is here to serve me she like i had two great years of love of laughter she's like there were times i wanted i wanted to wring his neck she's like but that love was always unconditional like and she just stepped right into that gratitude and he was only two years old <laughs> you know but mm -hmm. but she was still able to pluck out all the positives from those two years rather than worrying about what he'll never get to experience and I think it's beautiful. The, the challenge is, like you said, is you, so people are grieving and we're all like dealing with it differently because of like how maybe the person departed yes. from, from us. For me, um, I, I feel like I can be more relatable to people who've been grieving for 10 years or longer mm -hmm. just because I'm over here living life differently. Like, you know, singing and dancing, speaking, I became an author, doing yeah. all these things. Do I miss my sister and my dad and my grandparents? Heck yeah. Do I wish they could walk through that door? Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can hear them saying, I want you to be happy. Yes. And, and that's yeah. what drives me forward. Whereas before I'm like, if they were here, this and this, you know, it's, it's, it's really giving yourself permission to have self-compassion. Um, like I said, it didn't come right away. I didn't start speaking about my sister until the 15-year mark. I was yeah. asked by hospice to talk about um, how do I deal with grief during the holidays, my mm -hmm. first time without her. And, and at that point, like things changed. I was in the newspaper talking about my dad and my sister, and then the podcast came. And so it's just, you build yourself up to that point. But yeah, people who've been grieving longer, I I have an easier time connecting with them because I'm at a different stage. I, I, I really lean into joy, mm -hmm. but I always, I didn't always feel this way. Yeah. See, and knowing, and knowing your, your audience is key as, as you know, just like even in the gym, you know, it's like, I don't work with, with people who've been like sedentary their entire lives because mm -hmm. like, because for, for, for me, my mind just, I, I just can't go there. You know, it just can't go there. So like my sweet spot is former athletes, you know? Yeah, that was former, weird. Right? Because former <laughs> athletes, I can speak that language, right? I can unlock that fire, unlock that dog that's inside just waiting to get out. Yeah. You know? so, so, like, people that don't have that, it's harder because they've never felt it, you know? Yes. So it's like once you felt it, it's it's still in there. It's just oh, dying it to come back out. Yeah. And that's my that's my sweet spot no, right there. I, I, I agree. You know, even like with moving forward in life, I noticed that I vibe with athletes. Like people who were athletes in high school or college, uh, it's just a different, it's different because they 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 get it faster. Like nothing against anybody, right? You you live your life how you want to live your life is just there's there's words you can say to someone who was an athlete that it's it catches fire faster for them yeah. you know so and i know the young kids are saturating this term but athletes are just built different you know like, oh. like when you're especially when you're when you're at like a championship level athlete like things like your, your mindset is just locked into a different stratosphere yeah, because you know, like, like people who aren't competitive can easily let the self-defeating emotions get them, you know, lack like, of self-confidence, yeah. <laughs> lack of self-esteem. Whereas like I step out on that track, I'm like, oh, y'all playing for second. 
<laughs> no, but you have to have that. Yeah, I agree. When I ran trap, so this one year we entered, uh, a, we had to fly our island to another island, but we entered so late into it that the women, the four by 100, we weren't able to run with the women. So mm. for fun, they put us up against the, the A team men. Okay. Which I was like, dude, that's not fair. Like they didn't even put us with the B team. They put <laughs> my E team against the the A team men, mm. and we ran our butts off. Like, oh my gosh, trying to keep up with guys is like no joke. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but we so, you know, in track, milli, milliseconds matter. Oh yeah. Right. So the women who won that year for four by one hundred, our time was milliseconds faster than that their, their time yeah and our a team dropped the baton oh. i was like no, no. <laughs> i was talking about that the other day because <laughs> i said uh i said i think i excelled at track because like i'm so competitive that playing the team sports i, I would get so mad like I'm playing basketball, <laughs> I'm dropping 35 points and we're losing by 20, you know, stuff like that. Or, or just like, you know, when your teammates don't care as much as you. <laughs> but I did say, but there was this one time in a four by one, I said we were on record pace. I'm like, and the the, fir the first to second handoff, because I ran the third leg, the first to second handoff, like they dropped the baton. And it's like, we had such a phenomenal Oh my god, like it, it was 30 something years ago and I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> oh, and you know what? That's like a crime. You know, yes. you're in a relay and you drop the pot baton, you're like, mm-hmm. Yep. Finals you drop <laughs> Especially if you're if you're the one that drops it, because the other three <laughs> are looking at you like <laughs> well, and you know what's so funny? The guys on our team. Like they executed, you know, like they're awesome. So I'm like, why the heck did you like what happened? But yeah, I but I I so I, I was a cheerleader for three years and then I did track and field, but that high off of running is it, mm. it, it it's priceless. <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right, let's talk about your book here. We'll get ready to bring this down, even though I feel like we could talk forever. Oh yeah, sure, no problem. So uh, the book, my, my title is Healing with Aloha. And I share, first of all, how, you know, I'm born and raised on the, the, the Hawaiian island called Kauai and how I was raised in close proximity to someone who dealt with drug addiction and alcoholism. And whenever that person was high or drunk, which is almost daily, um, they became violent, whether it's verbally or physically. And... Um, that really affected my ability to, to be confident. Um, I think I, I felt a lot of shame, um, growing up. Like if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. So I share about my experience, um, with that and then how I got help and how my sister dying. Well, I got help after my sister died. And because of me starting to heal through therapy, I was able to start the podcast and now I'm an advocate. Uh, I feel that when I come forward, like you said, true power lies in your story. When I came forward in the book, doors open. And so I was able to share for the first time publicly. I've done Toastmasters for seven years. I practiced behind closed doors for seven years because I would cry so much telling it. It was hard. Yeah. But I was able to share with the, um, the local YWCA of Kauai and the Zanta Club. And they're about empowering women and helping women who have dealt with domestic violence. And so I became an advocate. Uh, I think it's possible if you choose to take your pain and to make it a passion. And so the book is me and 29 other women all over the world for our base in the Hawaiian Islands and us sharing how we were able to overcome our different stories. My best friend, uh, Karen Gibson, Ironically, I'm healing with Aloha. My brand, hers is letting go with Aloha. She shared about um, her failed attempted suicide. Like she was like really descriptive wow. about it. And the book is supposed to be about bullying, but people talk about trauma, um, mental illness and suicide awareness because we, 
all of us at one time or another, we're going to go through something that's going to challenge us to the T. Like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to quit or am I going to get help? Am I going to just stop living life? And so it's a really inspirational book. You can um, find it on Apple Books, Kindle, or Amazon. I'm going to actually start book signing uh, in California. Uh, in fact, this week I'm going to California. Nice. First time outside of um, the Hawaiian Islands speaking. Um, wow. But I'm going to be able to start book signing. So I'm starting to get myself situated. So it's like I always be amazed by people. You know, like, oh, she's an author. Woo. And then now I'm here, I'm like, woo. You know, okay, I'm an author. Hi, guys. Like, that's how I <laughs> that track and field and cheerleading vibe into this new part of me. <laughs> yes. Love it. And um, where can people find you on social? Where can you find me on social media? All over. <laughs> so I'm on <laughs> Facebook. Um, Aloha. Deslin Hakias, um, this D E S L Y N N J A Q U I S, or Healing with Aloha. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and you can find me on LinkedIn. You everywhere except Twitter. I didn't hear Twitter. Oh, I'm on there, but I'm not as active. I I, I um, prefer the energy on the other platforms. Yeah, tw- Twitter is where, is where I go to the beat people. Because <laughs> I, jo- I joined the beat panels too. So Twitter's oh, my, really? uh, yeah, oh yeah. I like that. Remember I said earlier, I speak my truth. <laughs> so See, I, I, I don't have a problem speaking my truth, but I'm just like, some people just on there just to argue. I'm like, dude, pick your battles. This is not the one. So oh, yeah, yeah. People that just name call and stuff. I My response is always refute what I said. I was like, <laughs> instead of name calling, refute what I just said. If you can't do that, then this conversation's over. Like I, I just squash it there. But like, well, I'm healthy, gonna start calling debates. you on Twitter. <laughs> you know, like, like healthy debates. You know, I'm all, I'm all for for that because it, it, there's nothing wrong with hearing different, like opposing views. Exactly. You know, it's like I like blue, you like red. Why? What do you like about about red? Hey, this is what I like about blue. Great. And then we shake hands and we move on. Like, you know, no, like, I, people I'm get so nasty. You. I'm going to follow you because I've yet to follow people that I'm like vibing with on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not, I follow like Gary V, you know, Brene Brown, all those guys, mm, but yeah. yeah, a real person, like I can follow you. Cause you're, you know, I can talk to you and stuff. So good. Thank you. <laughs> all right well this has been fun you know so we can talk about talk about healing and grief and loss and still have still have some fun with it and that's the power of telling your story like the more and more you tell it the more comfortable you get yeah. with it and then the, you know it's like you got teary-eyed there there for, for a second so but but it's good to feel all the emotions yes. you know it's like when you're stuck in like if you're just stuck in sadness you're going to be stuck in that state of pain and depression but like when you can navigate that sadness and talk about the funny times, talk about, you know, the time, because like, uh, I think I mentioned last show, there was a time where, where my dad like literally snatched me out of bed by my ankles. Well, my nephew, my young nephew at the time comes downstairs and says, Uncle Rob, get up. And I was like, get out of here. And so he, he goes upstairs. He's like, Grandpa, Uncle Rob said, get out of here. Like, he didn't tell me. My father told me to get up. <laughs> so dad came charging downstairs like a friggin' bull. You're like, damn it, I said, get out of bed. I was like, but he didn't tell me you said it. <laughs> I just thought he was waking me up. <laughs> you, you know, oh, I was going to tell you. So um, for your listeners, I, I can tell you, if you, not everybody is willing to do talk therapy, which is fine, right? That's why I encourage you like to do like a coach, a mentor, or join groups with people who vibe with you. But for me, um, the one thing, well, the four things that help me to process my pain, because sometimes I don't want to talk about it, yeah. is humor, watching comedy, because uh, then at least you're laughing through life. You know what I mean? Like you're just processing things in a not so heavy way. Yeah. Um, music, I sing and I dance, uh, and art. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there is no words that can express what you're feeling, the pain. Um, 
I, I, in between May and June, I was dealing with my dad. It was 10 years since dad died. I didn't know how it was affecting me. I literally pushed out 200 pieces of artwork. And it was like small pieces and poster size, but I couldn't talk. Like I just put on the Netflix and I just painted. I'm not even an official painter, but I pushed out 200 pieces. And I can tell you that helped me more than talking. Yeah, you need that positive outlet. Like with whenever I, I hit, I don't ever, I don't want to call them bad days. Whenever I have stressful moments, I just like, okay, time to go outside. Well, it's cold up here now. But I have a treadmill. So I'll just go, go on the treadmill, put on my headphones, and just listen to some something positive or just some, something that, that that's funny. So very, very similar. You know, because it's too easy to just go down the other path where you start yeah. self-medicating and just just masking the problems like just mm -hmm. just get out of the stress for a second yep. gather, gather your thoughts let the blood pressure come back down yes and then go back and complete the task i agree yeah awesome well this was a lot of fun so thank you very much for coming on no thank um, you i want to talk talk to you uh once i end the live though so don't log okay. off yet yeah and um yeah this this was great so anyone who, who joined late make sure you go back and watch watch the rest of it because this was a really fun informative and hopefully inspirational conversation so again thank you for joining i appreciate it thank you so much aloha all right take care all right so that wraps up episode number 257 and again healing aloha you can find her on all of the all the channels right she's on all the channels so just just look her up on there and the very key thing she said at the end there like maybe you're you don't want to or you're not ready for therapy or you just need someone to talk to because like we both have shows like even if we don't air the show I don't want to speak for her. So, sorry for speaking for you. But like, even if you don't want to want the show to be aired, maybe like I've had people come on. We did the show format, and I just didn't air it. But they still wanted to talk to in a an objective third party. Okay, so you can reach out to us, right? E either of us, and you know, just we can be that ear for you, even if it's ten minutes, just for you to get something off, off your chest that's really burning you inside. And we can help you find the teachable moments within that story so you can become an inspiration and stop letting that pain continuously hurt you. So with that, we are done with this episode, and I will see you on Thursday. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.